You're listening to ASD Warrior, a podcast about the journey of getting your PhD in your child on the spectrum. With over a decade of success and challenges, it's time to share and support all of you ASD Warriors. Hosted by your always passionate and wildly intense ASD Warrior teacher, child advocate, and mom, Kathy Galbraith Willoughby. On this ASD Warrior, we're going to talk about making friends. Some of the things to think about, ways to guide this process and and hopefully get more people into the conversation as we're not only building opportunities to develop friendships, but we're in a way opening a door to a much greater understanding of diversity and inclusion um, that will help uh, all of us throughout our life. So don't want to miss. So making friends, right? It's really hard to stand back sometimes and see with our kids on the spectrum, just the inability sometimes to be in that moment, in that moment where connections are made and, you know, common interests are discovered. And there's kind of this ability to really form true friendships. And so there's, there's always this catching up, right? There's always this, um, trying to give our kids opportunities. And I think when, you know, we first get diagnosis, you know, and God bless them for trying a lot of these organizations, ABA organizations, you know, play therapy, all these different types of, of resources that I think are um, available at the time when they're very young, you know, to increase that social ability, um, to really work on their coping strategies over sensory. I mean, so many things obviously that are going on, which is why the inhibition happens um, and inhibits them from really developing at the pace that, you know, all of us in air quotes, normally developing kind of pace at. So one of the things that was really um, maybe kind of difficult for me to um, buy into was having sometimes, you know, play dates with other kids on the spectrum or maybe you know, other delays in development um, of children because we don't have anybody modeling in those situations. Yes, you have usually an instructor trying to gear conversation, but that doesn't really happen in real life, right? You don't have mediators in just everyday social interactions. And so it was hard for me to even have him go because what ended up in my observation at times when I was in the room with, you know, maybe five or six kids that are on the spectrum, you know, age appropriate ranges. um, It was just a matter of managing confusion and chaos and trying to gear conversations with the same exact question to all the kids in the group kids acting out, having some behavior issues is that it really wasn't modeling an ideal environment for them to connect. And so I ended up uh, very early in that process. I'm pulling him out because I'm like, this isn't working. So then the next question was, you know, gosh, can I, can I maybe see or interact with, and when, when he was young, it was, you know, before actual kindergarten, it was in the school programs for delayed children. Um, a lot of them on the spectrum was, Hey, can I come in and just kind of see how, you know, interactions and connections are made and, you know, I'm not speaking anything y'all don't know. It's a lot of individual play side by side. It's not a lot of interaction. 
when somebody wants to play with the other person's toy, meltdowns happen, behaviors happen. And again, it still wasn't an ideal environment. The one thing that I will say is that there was so much of a connection of the parents, right? So we would try to then after school, try to get some of the kids that maybe could pair well from a behavioral perspective to hopefully initiate social interactions and and kind of start to see maybe in a way where the gaps were for our kids so that we could try to mend that when they're young and, and build some coping strategies as well as, you know, maybe developing interests, connections, all that kind of good stuff was still hard because again, we're adults modeling and maybe not even in those situations modeling, we're just trying to um, guide the conversation, lead, kind of keep everybody corralled. You know, are we interacting? I don't know. Is this a social interaction or is this side by side play, mutual enjoyment? So many different things going on. So I was really, really interested in trying to see how we could get some modeling groups of social interaction and, and hopefully building friendships. Do you know how hard that is to get? And I'm sure you do <laughs> what we would call air quotes, normally developing children in a play date situation. And I'm a pretty outgoing person. I'm a pretty extroverted person. I don't have a problem connecting with people, making friends. I could not in most situations get people to even be open to it. I had a lot of, yeah, sure, 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 sure. And nothing ever really developed from it. And so, you know, my gosh, so hard. Cause how, how, how can we do that if we don't have some help, right. And some guidance and, and not to mention, and I know a lot of parents of air quote, normally developing children don't think about this, but my gosh, you'll wonder if we worked on at a lot younger age, the acceptance, um, the looking at everyone as being positive and, you know, that there is so much to learn from every human being that we, we might not have such a hard time right now with all the things that we're going through. Inclusion. We need to think about inclusion, diversity, and the specialness of every unique human being and not judge. And so I think that that is the part where this becomes kind of more of a quest of mine a long time ago. So fast forward to kindergarten, right? We decided after a lot of input um, and going against what was recommended for us, for Nathan, we decided to put him in a mainstreamed kindergarten thinking, okay, it's kindergarten. Nathan was already reading before he started kindergarten. And we thought, you know, this would be a great opportunity to really help with the social interaction. We've got a bunch of kids that haven't been, um, and I hate to use this word because it's harsh, but ruined by their parents <laughs> in this situation and that we might have an opportunity to build connections. And I already have a group of air quote, normally typically, typically developing kids. Well, it was hard. Um, and I will say that, um, in looking back, what is really hard is that, um, there was no effort made by parents to include him in play dates. He was not invited to any birthday parties in kindergarten. You know, you just, it, it kills you, right? You're like, 
wow, how did this happen? Oh, wait, maybe let me correct myself. There was one because there was this one family that, and this is always the ones that you find that had a a child or a, um, a cousin or a nephew or, or someone that was on the spectrum. And you could definitely figure those things out pretty quick. And you kind of glommed onto them because there was a higher level of understanding and, and possible interest of understanding. Right. And so there was one birthday party. So I, I don't mean to sound too dramatic. He was invited to one out of, um, a class of 22. So, I'm in the classroom and, and I'm still bewildered, right? Like he's struggling a little bit because, you know, this is where the targeting started because there is no space, you know, social space in kindergarten. You know, you have the sitting on the floor in a circle, they're touching, they're fidgeting, they're making noise or they're, they're learning how to, in a lot of ways, kids at that age, maybe their first real kind of idea or experience in um, compliance. So there's all these touching and moving and bumping and, you know, Nathan is just, it's like social war, sensory chaos to the extreme. He's struggling even coping. So there's no way that there's going to be an opportunity in that classroom at times unless I get involved. So of course I got involved <laughs> and finding that he was struggling in class, um, we got the AOK um to be in class a couple days and just kind of observe, of course, after going through all the background and all that stuff that we all have to do, right? Wasn't just a next day thing. But, you know, then I was allowed to really get in class and watch and help and guide and give the teacher kind of opportunities and maybe words we were using to um, deflect, to help him feel a part of, to ask for compliance, to work on focus, okay? So it was a great opportunity for that. But more importantly, it was a great opportunity for me to try to help build connections with him and the other kids. For me, it was all about them liking me and thinking that if they like me, they might give Nate more opportunities. They might give him some space to to be a friend, to connect, to maybe come over and hang out with us because they like me and the parents got to know me. So that was my whole intention. So I'd go out on the playground when they had recess and I would orchestrate a whole pirate ship on the play structure and we were looking for gold and everybody was involved. And mind you, Nate liked pirates and liked the idea of finding gems and it gave him some focus. We had characters who was the captain, who was, you know, who's the bad pirate, who was trying to save the damsel in distress. I mean, we went all out and these kids had probably the best recess ever. And it was all in a way to connect with them and, and to give them an opportunity, right, to have fun at recess that was orchestrated, right, that was imaginative, that really pulled the kids together and built connection and included my son and gave them an opportunity to see him as I would guide him like the night before. We're going to play pirates tomorrow at school. Maybe you could be the pirate. And I got dress up clothes at home and we would practice finding jewels in the house. You know, it was all these things. And it was fun play, right? Like, I mean, we enjoyed it. It wasn't work. It was a way for me to connect to him and for him to trust me even more in a safe place so that he didn't ever have to feel like he shielded me out, right? Because I was too much or he didn't understand what my intentions were. So we took this to that level, right? 
and um, then started really getting the kids talking about the pirate ship, you know, and that, oh my gosh, it was so fun with Mrs. Galbraith and she really did this, that, and the other. And, you know, and Nathan was involved. And so it was kind of a way that I was through the kids trying to build the acceptance with their parents, right? Because what I needed to get was them on board and not looking at me and talking silently and, you know, whispering and not including me in the conversations at, you know, at pickup time. I mean, all of that, it was hard, (laughs) you know, and this is not about me. I can handle that, but it was hard because I know what it meant for my son. And so all I'm trying to do is to get them to open to it. So of course I had some beautifully wonderful parents that were open to it, right? And of course, one was the one that he was invited to the class, to to the birthday party. And then another was just a mom that I really connected with. And she also had a cousin that was on the spectrum. So again, it's always people that have had some sort of introduction to it. And so it's warmed their heart a little bit for more inclusion and invited them over for a pirate day. Well, of course, I finally got a play date, right? With kids that he could learn something from, but I also had to guide it. I had to lead this whole interaction because the worst thing that I would want to happen is for Nathan to get frustrated, get overwhelmed. And so there was a lot of practicing before, right? And I got a big treasure box that we had used for art night one night and we decorated it with jewels from the dollar store and we painted it and we just had this great pirate, basically treasure chest. And went down to the dollar store, got a bunch of dress up stuff, got some fake swords, got some eye patches, some bandanas. I mean, you name it, we had it. You could be the pirate of your dreams, even a crown, because a lot of the times it was more the girls that connected with him who would come over than the boys. It's a little bit of a maturity thing, as we all know. And so had the event after we had practiced it and I hid treasures all around the house. I had sight words on the envelope so that they knew where to go for the next treasure and possible envelope. And they were all working towards the prize, which then meant they got to go into the jewel filled gold coin, candy, chocolate filled, and just take a whole bag full home. So it was a very orchestrated day, but they had so much fun. And they already knew me because we had done something similar, not as intimate at school. And this gave me a way to really overcome some of the exclusions that were happening with Nathan and what parents didn't even realize they were doing. And, and, And I heard comments, you know, from parents and gosh, even a close family that just broke my heart. Um, that was their oldest child was like best friends with my daughter. Their middle child was best friends with my son. And they had two kids that were wrapped around Nathan's age. One was exactly the same age. And they came over to our house one time because we invited them all the time, birthday parties. We would have adventure night. We would, you know, go bowling. I mean, we just, we did everything with these kids. And, and one of them had, um, I think was ADHD. And so it kind of helped to just, you know, me understanding that and including him. And I heard from them one time that my mom doesn't want Nathan to come over here because he'll just break everything and make a mess. And I just, it just broke my heart because first of all, my son isn't like that. Um, Not all children on the spectrum are, you know, destructive. And some of them are then, gosh, just work harder to build trust so that they can still enjoy the moment. But people just don't take, they don't take that on until I think a lot of times they're directly impacted by it. 
Um, and I can say that all of us are like that, right? You know, I can sit there and act like <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, I would be different. And, and and of course, I am different because of Nathan now. And so it's hard to know sometimes when the introduction comes and how that will impact you. But nonetheless, it was it was hard to hear, right? And this is a family I was close to. And then for them to say that, it just broke my heart. But I was like, you know what? I don't want him to ever know. And so I'm just going to keep having playdates and inviting their kids over and they can have date night. And, um, and, and I'll keep still building what I'm trying to build, which is connections, you know, opportunities for friendships to form and for him to learn about what's important. So this goes on, you know, for a while, obviously I'm really trying as they get older, you know, they're not really into playing pirates on the playground with Mrs. Galbraith. Right. (laughs) So then it becomes the next challenge. And, um, you know, one of the things that Nathan really liked to do as he got older was play tag, but that's kind of when a little bit of the targeting started because they always made him hit, you know, so nobody ever chased him and they would laugh because he was, you know, he didn't run as fast and, and different things and the targeting, you know, led its way into bullying and which led into behavior issues. And Nathan got in some trouble at school, you know, and still trying to all the time figure out, you know, what's going on. You know, I'm still working full time. I I don't have time, you know, necessarily to be on the recess. And so what was so brilliant and was so driven by um, Heidi Little, who has been on other podcasts and is a part of kind of the ASD consulting team, you know, she led this kind of you know, initiative, so to speak, at school where she really got the yard duties involved and then, you know, to understand what was going on with a lot of the kids on the spectrum at the school and really kind of being an official, you know, officiating, you know, sometimes the play and and seeing certain things. And so that we were able to really kind of capture that. But what ended up happening along the way is as kids became older, they started to notice a little bit more of sometimes the social awkwardness, not understanding jokes, different things that are a way these kids connect. Right. And so that kind of turned into a need to have a, um, kind of a intervention, so to speak for all the kids in the class to understand better about, you know, Nathan and, and kind of how he works and, and some of the things that could help thinking that out of that could come a better understanding and a better way to connect. But what it did was it really led to more of, yes, there was some great kids in there that really tried to connect with him. But what connection and friendship turned into was, was behavior management. And these kids were smart and I loved it. Right. I mean, it was, it was sweet, but it was also like, yeah, but they're not real friends. Right. They're like, Oh, Nathan, don't do that. Come over here. Come play with me. And even though there was a piece of it that I absolutely loved when I stepped, I stepped back from it and I thought, okay, but are they friends or are they just kind of managing him? And yes, they're trying to connect and maybe that's the only way they can do it. And so I'm, I'm not going to stand and judge, but what I was trying to do was figure out how do I, how can I help that? How can I gap fill that? All right. So this went on for years. Um, and it was hard because too, there were so many times again, parents, oh, I'll never forget this one parent. And, you know, she was very involved in the classroom and not not very connected to me, very judgy. Uh, and, um, I just remember that, you know, I remember she used to sit in the car and read to her kids and she was just like overachiever parent, you know, very, you know, was a stay at home parent, her kids education, and, and which is great. Don't get me wrong. 
but she overstepped one time and I just about lost myself. And, you know, a lot of it um, was the fact that there was never any real attempt to understand. There was never really any attempt to make friends um, by her son and my son. And because she was in the class so much and she saw sometimes the behavior that, you know, he's overwhelmed, right? He's trying to focus. It's too much. The kids are talking. They're tapping their pencils. I mean, it's just, ha, ah, sensory chaos. And um, we were out at a field trip one time and these kids were standing in line and I'm there, you know, and I'm watching, you know, all the kids and and doing my, my job as a, you know, um, parent helper that day. And the kids are bumping him and pushing him and making sounds and doing stuff. And then he reacts. And this child's mom, who's there as well, reprimands him in front of me. And it was such a thing to me. And I don't mean to digress, but I'm like, oh my goodness. You first of all, do not need to reprimand my child in front of other kids. When I am right there, and you have no idea what's going on. And this is why you're not raising a child that will ever have respect for differences and different abilities and different amazing than what fits in the box that you've created around them. And so you're dealing with that, right? I sometimes think at some point, you know, I had a moment in kindergarten and maybe first grade and then it kind of got lost. And then the parents hadn't made an investment and, and hadn't tried to understand his greatness. And anybody that knows my son, and this is no exaggeration, loves that kid. And a lot of you can say the same. It's just a tenderness. It's a sweetness. It's a love. It's a, it's a truth. It's an honesty of who they are. They're so accepting of everyone. And maybe sometimes when I get a little bit like ethereal, I think maybe that's why there's so many here because we have so many other people out in this world that don't get it, that look at difference as bad instead of looking at different as interesting and embracing. That is a whole other subject and maybe not this podcast, but seriously, seriously, it's really important. So now we get to the here and now, you know, he's in high school, right? Again, the pirate thing's not going to work in high school. Um, you know, you try to be the cool mom, you know, have the cute shoes, you know, try to be something that, you know, at high school they care about music, getting involved, you know, and we had COVID, <laughs> there's no involvement. Um, it's, it's been hard. Uh, and trying to guide that and direct that without hurting his heart, you know, along the way, as we, as we learn different things. Um, the one thing I will say about him is that he doesn't let it bother me as much as I let it bother me. And that's beautiful. What a gift. Um, and he's already experienced a little bit on zoom meetings of bullying and targeting uh, which we nipped in the bud and he's so aware of it. He's just like, I just want to let you know, mom, I was bullied today and I will be talking to my teacher about it. Okay. Do you need some help? I'm um, sure you can come along, but I'd like to bring it up with my teacher. Fantastic. Me. <laughs> Beautiful. But hate that he has to go through that. 
but it is what it is, right? He's not the only one. So one of the things that I kind of wanted to circle around after kind of giving some background and maybe some ideas and strategies as you kind of navigate this thing is that I think there's three things that we have to to really focus on when we're trying to, to help our kids develop enough social skills in the way that they're going to develop them and as much as they want to in connection and how important it is to them. And those are questions that we have to ask, right? We have to really kind of watch and, and see how much it bothers them and don't put your own on that, which, oh, I struggle bus with that, you know, and because I'm so much of a extrovert and, and my friends are so important to me and I love how many friends I have and I don't have a ton and I don't think you need a ton. I think you need, you know, three or four close ones, but you know, it's, it's the journey and how much you learn about yourself and other people and acceptance and all that kind of good stuff. But going back to the three things is I think. As they get older, it's really about finding common interests. And one of the things that I worked on with Nathan when he first started eighth grade, he's going to a new school. He's going to this new, amazing, wonderful school that he's at right now. And, you know, I told him, I said, you know, sometimes when I see you trying to have conversations with people, it's about what you know. And it makes sense because they already know the dialogue. It's like they already have the playbook on that. They don't have to think so much and be in the moment so much that they have to react as fast as they need to, to have a conversation, right? So what I said was, you know, you could always gear the conversation conversation towards something that you would like to discuss, but you have to show initial interest. And so we started this thing of three questions. You need to ask three questions to the person. Hi, so how's it going? Wow, what did you do this weekend? What's your favorite thing to do when you have, you know, your own time? You know, things like that. And he's like, oh my God, I have to ask three questions. I'm like, yeah. And so, the, but then he got really good at it, right? And then he felt really good because it was like he was controlling the conversation, super important. He was asking questions, showing interest. And then I taught him how to repeat back what he heard so that he was really making sure. So, oh, you like to do that. That's so fun. My favorite movie is this. Great. How do you like to spend your alone time? Oh, you go to YouTube. What's your favorite YouTuber? Mine too. What was your favorite one? You know, so then all of a sudden it's, it's in a space that he's kind of controlling and it's interests. He's finding common interests in that person. Beautiful. Then he remembers the next day. And so we start kind of building this dialogue um, to have conversations on his own. That was working brilliantly and he's made some great friends. So wonderful. The other thing is opportunities, right? You know, they've got to have opportunities. So it's really kind of talking to them about, you know, when do they feel comfortable? When is it safe? You know, is it in a classroom, you know, working with the teachers, you know, because part of sometimes what, you know, he would do is really kind of connect and he's an extrovert, (laughs) extrovert with, you know, some, some social awkwardness, which is hard for me to watch. But (laughs) anyway, you know, working on that and working with the teachers to say, Hey, you know, keep an eye on that, you know, maybe help guide it, maybe talk to him a little bit, because sometimes if I say it, he's like, Oh my gosh, mom, if you tell me one more time, you know, and, and so he gets frustrated with me, we spend way too much time together. But um, anyway, you know, really trying to create opportunities, you know, like this weekend, we have a movie night and his best friends going. And it's a movie he loves and he's seen before. And I'm like, perfect. You know, we're going to get him a yearbook and all this fun stuff. And so we were really excited. 
about that. And that's a great opportunity, but I need to prep it to say, you know, ask people what they've loved about this school year, what they've hated. Oh my gosh, me too. Well, how have you filled your day when you've had so much more time? You know, giving him questions, the three questions, giving him opportunity, trying to develop common interests. And it's that guidance. It's that trifecta. It's interests, opportunities, and your guidance and how that navigates between those three things, right? It's how do you make friends? How do you make connections? And you're teaching them. It's about common interests. It's about feeling comfortable finding things that you want to talk about. It's guiding them to prep, to give them questions, tell them the questions and the whys, and then why it's important to actively listen, right? And, and we had gone over this this year in his um, life skills class that I created for him that really honed in on some of those things and ways to connect. And I will share that on um, a document as, um, as our subscribers get those pieces of information because it's so critical, right? To really talk about how important it is to let other people know that you connected, that you are listening and that the conversation you're having is organic. It's not pre-thought about. So those are those things as we navigate this journey with our kids on the spectrum that are so important. It's toolbox time on ASD Warrior. So on this ASD toolbox, it's really about going back to basics, looking at interests, right? Looking at your child's interests, start really working with them on questions. And at any age you can really start building that three questions theory. You know, to really allow them to one, connect, build a connection in that moment, establish what their interests are and active listening. And at any age, you can start to kind of play with this because let's be honest, we all need to learn this. There's so many times people have their own agendas when they come to the conversation for whatever reason. And if you're really trying to build connections and synergy and in the bigger picture of things, have inclusion in mind, diversity as a blessing, and a discovery process to see differences and the beauty in the world, that's where it starts. It starts with that with our kids. So asking those three questions, teaching them what questions based on what opportunities are out there. We're going to the movies. We're going to see, we're going to watch out, out in, outside on a big screen, meet the Robinses. Have you seen the movie? Did you like it? Oh my gosh, who's your favorite character? Oh my gosh, let's do something fun throughout the movie. And let's raise our hand every time our character says something funny that we like the most. Again, what a connection, right? What a fun thing to do. And guidance. It's all about guidance. How do we guide that how do we guide that process? How do we set them up for success? And in the process, we're teaching our kids, other people's kids. And maybe if we do a really good job, their parents. And maybe we wouldn't be in such a situation now where defending diversity is a daily occurrence instead of what it should be of loving, embracing diversity with open eyes, warm hearts, and big smiles 
to find the love and connection in every individual that we come in contact with in our life. Good thing to shoot for. So until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to ASD Warrior. For more information and resources, please connect with us at asdwarrior.com. Subscribe and become a member of the ASD Warrior Village. Together, we can do more.